Hi, and welcome to Elevating Business, the podcast that gives you tips and tricks for how to start, grow, and sell your online business. Also take a look at our resource website, emilyandblair.com, for more info around how you can make your business better. But for now, here's today's episode. Hi, and welcome to episode 127, why we turn down buying an established art business. Yeah, so last week uh, I did an episode based on running through the five tips for the best ways and to prepare your business for sale. So since then, funnily enough, Emily and I got approached uh, and had an offer to buy an existing art business from a person that's local to us here in New Zealand. So you might sort of think, well, you know, what an exciting opportunity. But unfortunately, it's not going to work out that way um, for us. And so why is that? Well, the person who was selling it hadn't followed any of the methods that I discussed last week for preparing, you know, a business for sale. And obviously, the things I talked about in the last episode, 126, was you know, not the be all and end all about how to prepare a business for sale, but there was certainly some key things in there. So um, put it this way, I was well prepared when the person approached us to have a look at it and have a look at some of these areas of the business and, and assess them to see what she had done to actually best prepare herself and the business for a sale. So she hadn't done that, so the business wasn't actually positioned very well. So what she's done wrong in the process, um, and why are we simply walking away from the offer? Well, there's sort of four main things that I looked at that sort of turned, well, us, myself and Emily, off the offer. And the first one was the financials were not showing a good profit. Because basically, she hadn't spent the last 12 months, you know, shoring them up. Um, because she knew she wanted to sell. She's basically come into the position where she has worked out that she can't continue doing that business, and so she wants to sell it. Um, But she's done no preparation to selling it. So what could she have done? Well, she could have waited, or she could have prepared the business in advance, and maybe that wasn't 12 months, maybe it's six months, but done a few things to actually make the financial stand out and look good. And unfortunately, they didn't in this situation. So the second thing she didn't do was get the business valued. You know, so she just came up with a figure in her own head of what she would like to get. That's just not the way businesses are valued for sale. You know, there's set calculations and multipliers that are used, you know, to get a business's value, you know, and that's both in the profit and in the asset value. So they talk about things like intangible assets. You know, that's the assets that the business has that aren't physical things, but have a value. And then the tangible assets. So that's the the thing, uh, the tangible assets are the things like, you know, your practical physical things like, um, you know, products or stock or equipment. So those actual tangible assets. So both of those get, put through set valuations via calculations to give you an overall valuation of the business. And so 
she hadn't done that. So what she should have done was gone to a professional to actually come through and value her business for her. And they would have looked at everything and come up with a price. The third thing was the assets themselves. So these are the tangible assets, the equipment and things like that. They were basically listed down on a handwritten note. You know, so they weren't in, in a formal asset register. Um, you know, they didn't look professional. You know, it was just on a handwritten note. Um, and so basically you should be running the business professionally and present those assets professionally. So, you know, use an asset register. So you might might um, have a program like QuickBooks or Xero or FreshBooks. You know, any of those accounting programs will actually allow you to create an asset register where you list all your assets. You can then depreciate the assets correctly. And it just comes across as a lot more professional way of presenting your tangible assets to a potential buyer. Okay, the fourth reason, and the, the fourth one is the biggest reason why we walked away. She based a lot of the price she wanted for the business on perceived and potential value. Okay, so instead of using the actual profit that the business has made over the last 12 or 24 months to provide a value on, she's basically said that her uh, email list had value and potential and the business was um, you know underwhelming because she hadn't spent enough time and, and it's got so much potential that you could do all this with it that's just a big mistake because business value is based on what the business has already done not what it has the potential to do okay so the future success and the potential of a business comes down to the new owner and what they can put into it it's it's got nothing to do with the actual sale value at all so you know it's not something that basically a buyer should be paying a seller for because they're going to have to do all the work so the other side of it is you know when people refer to certain things in their business which they say has potential so for example an email list i've got a huge email list it's got three thousand people on it or thirty thousand, whatever people on it you know you could be able to hammer the business and 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 use this email list to really generate some good profit and things like that well that's fine but one the seller hasn't done that themselves so they haven't actually got any verification that that email list has any value at all. It might be an email list of people they've sold to previously, and those people aren't interested in buying that product off the business again. You know, so you might have an email list of say ten thousand people, and nine thousand, uh, you know, nine thousand eight hundred or nine thousand nine hundred people have already bought and are happy and and not interested in buying again. Um, so that that means straight away your email list of 9,000 people has come down to actually 100 people that are actually valuable customers. So you've got to remember that whatever people are selling, they need to be able to back up what they are um, you know what they are presenting and what they are promoting about the business. So if they can't back up the fact that their email list has got some value to it, then it has no value. So they need to be able to show you that that email list is generating a certain amount of income through this many sales and repeat sales and all of that. That's actually putting some proof around the value of that email list. And unfortunately, in our case, that just wasn't the situation. So I guess if we wanted to recap, you know, the lessons from this would be, if I were you, 
even if you're not thinking of selling at the moment, start preparing your business for sale from day one, okay? Because that way you're actually setting yourself up for when that time comes and you don't know when that time comes. You know, and this was her biggest mistake was she wasn't actually thinking she was going to sell and then a few life changes happened and she decided that hey, she has to free herself of that that business. And so unfortunately, because she hadn't set it up to sell, that's probably going to come back and, and burn her a wee bit. The other thing is follow some of the steps I went through in episode 126 because those steps will help you avoid the mistakes that I've been through in today's episode. So again, at the very least, if you're not thinking of selling your business, then operate it in a way that would position it well to sell. Because even if you don't sell anytime in the near future, you're basically going to be following some of the good best practice techniques for running a business. So you're going to benefit from running your business that way anyway. So why wouldn't you do it? So um, I guess to conclude on this one, if you're looking at buying a business, then the things we've talked about today would be a good set of no-nos to watch out for and avoid. So if you're talking with a seller, you know, consider some of the things I've talked about today and see if they're actually um, doing those same mistakes or whether they're actually presenting the business pretty well. Um, you know, and basically if you're if you need some, I guess, help assessing a business you're looking uh, to buy or considering to buy, this is definitely something we do at emilyandblair.com. Um, we can help you look at it, help you do some due diligence on it and look at these things, look for the the um, problems or potential problems that the uh, business might have and how that could affect you if you were to buy the business. We do all of this stuff for you. So jump onto emilyandblair.com, check out the link in the show notes um, and get in touch with us because we can help you make a pretty good assessment of whether you're going to buy a good business or if you're going to run into trouble somewhere down the road. Okay, so that's all we've got time for in episode 127, why we turned down buying an established art business. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Elevating Business. Make sure to check out our resource website, emilyandblair.com, for more tips and tricks for how you can grow and make your business more successful.